let, let, let's, let's, let's go to the Word of God. The, the subject is make his path straight, uh, uh, part two. But let me go back. I was not going to go back to the original scripture in Isaiah 40. So Isaiah the prophet uh, was speaking very powerfully in chapter 40. He says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Now, he's, we, he was prophesying, it seems, in a general sense, but, but God had one person specifically in mind. And he says, prepare the way of the Lord, make, his, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so what he's showing us, this very powerful uh, scripture, and he says, this is going to happen. That's, that's in, in uh, modern vernacular. This is going to happen. And then he continues by saying, the verse, in verse 6, the voice said, cry out. So this is God's voice. He spoke firstly of John's voice. And now he says, God's voice says, cry out. And he said, and the prophet said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. He's showing us how temporary things are. And all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. He wants us to have total confidence in the word of God. <clears throat> so this is Make His Path Straight, part two. Uh, let us not forget let us not forget or ignore the cry of God to prepare the way for his Messiah. Let's not, let's not look at that as just an ancient text, and we read it because it's in this book called the Bible, and yeah, it gives us sometimes a warm fuzzy, but uh, it's maybe irrelevant. John the Baptist was, was an amazing and a tiring figure. He didn't live a very long life, but he lived a very effective life. We want to live an effective life. We want to be effective for the kingdom of God. And each of us here and online there have, uh, has an opportunity to be effective because we are effective through the word of God, through our listening and then through our doing. Not through our doing, but through our listening. And because Jesus now has made us into something and now who we are will bring forth a doing. All right? We don't do First, we are. We are. So our doing comes out of our being. And, John, and so John the Baptist here was the, the designated person. It says John the Baptist was the son of Zacharias, the priest. You know the story about John the ba uh, Zacharias rather, uh, being um, in the temple burning incense because it was his division's time to burn incense uh, before the Lord. Uh, uh, John the Baptist was a son, the son of Zechariah, not a son, the son of Zechariah, of the division of Abijah. And so all of these uh, men came from uh, the lineage of Aaron, Moses' brother. <clears throat> Moses and Aaron were in the wilderness, <clears throat> excuse me, they were in the wilderness with God. They were the two people, uh, Moses, the leader, they were both priests, 
but, but Aaron was the, what we call the high priest. He was next to Moses. Moses said, well, I can't talk very well. And God said, well, okay, take your brother Mo, uh, Aaron with you. So they were in the, in the wilderness. They were in Egypt, and God used them to bring uh, his children out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Then you saw them in the desert. They were there in the desert talking to God and, and explaining things uh, to the people. So Zacharias comes from this lineage. He comes from this lineage of, of priest and high priest. So John was a descendant of Aaron. And uh, he was called to prepare the way for the Messiah. It's very important that you have this information. He was called to, to uh, pave the way or prepare the way for Jesus Christ. And before we get there, let me tell you, then he is this person that Isaiah said is the voice of one crying in the desert, make a highway for our God. And what that has to do with is the king is coming, so the king doesn't have to deal with trash on the road, doesn't have to deal with stones and bumps and valleys and hills and chuck holes, you know, like in Corpus Christi. So, So he, the king doesn't have to deal with that. All this crooked stuff and crooked roads, crooked roads, and you're going around. No, it's going to make it straight for him. And, and all of the, the indented places or the low places, it's going to raise them up. So, the, you know, he's not doing that. And so, and all the high places, it's going to bring them down a level place. So that's what it was for. Now, now that really is figurative language for us in the sense in that what God wants us to do is our job, what he has saved us to do. And so what we need to do is deal with all the, the craziness that is among us. Now, I said to you last week, stay in your lane. So that doesn't mean that just because you get an inkling, then you got to go put the ink all over everything. <laughs> So, so that, what I'm saying is stay in your lane. Don't take authority, no matter what you feel, where it's not given to you. All right? I must say that again. So, so let's look at um, uh, uh, this scripture. I won't, don't turn there, but in Revelation uh, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, Jesus calls us priests, uh, 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 kings and priests. He calls us there kings and priests. To, uh, and so this is what... Um, the Bible says he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So when you look at these, John the Baptist was a, a literally a priest. He was a priest. He was the son of a priest. He had a, uh, was in a priestly lineage. So when, when John went out to baptize Jesus, it wasn't just oh, some old guy who had uh, a bad clothing uh, uh, advisor, you know, out there. He went out there as, as a sent one by God. He was a priest. He had the right to baptize him. Amen. And he, he baptized, but he didn't feel comfortable doing that. And so if you are too comfortable doing a lot of things, that speaks to me. It says something to me that, that you have to be a, a little bit aware of the fact that you're not all that. You know, really, I feel like that about myself. And if we'll keep that before us, I think we'll always walk carefully and wisely. And so he went down and he didn't want to baptize Jesus, but he baptized Jesus. He was out there preaching and, and preaching a, a, a repentance 
repent, you know, you know, to everybody. He had one message, repentance. But why? Because the king is coming. You don't want to be unrepentant when he gets here. And so I think that I, I wanted to bring us a full circle and just say that if I am right, I, I sense the Holy Spirit has been moving, moving, moving me and then thus all of us in this particular direction, that we have to take ownership now of what God is saying to us. And so our job is to say, firstly, to our family, this church family, I don't mean just your little biological family, but to our family, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I, I think that's what God is saying to us. I really sense that powerfully. Now, what legitimizes us? What legitimizes us? Because the scripture says through Jesus Christ, we have become priests to our God. Now, the ESV, I think, says it a lot better. We are a kingdom of priests. The kings and priests, uh, yeah, doubtless, maybe. But, but also, but now we are a, a kingdom of priests. And so we then have the right, generally and perhaps specifically, it is very possible for God to say, you, I want you to be the tip of the spear, or you to be the tip of the spear, and uh, to bring in, usher in the Lord, the coming of the Lord. That's where I believe that we are, and I have waxed, using King James, I have waxed bold. I am bold. Let's look at Elijah in the context of John the Baptist. Let's look at, at him. Uh, and, see, and read some scriptures. Let's look at Mark chapter 9, verses 11 through 13. And I want you to just kind of stay with me. And if I ever say anything, you go, oh, I'm out of here. Uh, I just hope the, the Lord just tipped you at the door. <laughs> somebody, goes, somebody goes, I'm really out of here now. <laughs> Let's look at, at Mark now. This is speaking of John the Baptist or Elijah the forerunner, Elijah the restorer. Now, this is what we're, we're called to do. I do believe this in our generation, and some of us aren't taking it seriously, but in our generation, we are to be the Elijah uh, generation, the forerunner of the Lord's coming, the restorer, Amen. the restorer of families. Amen. Let's look at this. And they asked him, saying, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Then he answered and told them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and restores all things. Now, in the Mount of Transfiguration, who came? Uh, Moses and Elijah. They came to talk to Jesus about his exodus, his, his departure. And uh, so I'm sure the disciples want to know, man, man, what's going to happen? Because the Bible says, the scripture says, uh, the prophets have spoken that, that Elijah must come and restore all things. And so, Jesus, what are we going to do here? Something good is about to happen. And, so, and, and I, now, if you look at this properly, then there would be excitement in you. It, at worst, I wonder what's happening. All right? Now, listen to what he says. So, indeed, Elijah is coming first and restores all things. And how is it written concerning the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be treated with contempt? So, Jesus is saying that, the, that he would be treated poorly. He said, but I say to you, he changes his conversation, but I say to you that Elijah has also come. He has also come. Now, he is saying he is the Messiah. He is the Son of Man. And he says, but I say to you, Elijah has also come. And they did to him whatever they wished, as it 
is written of him. So this opportunity came to the people of God, but they were not accepting of it. There was an opportunity that came to the people of God, but they had their own plans and ideas. Let's look at Malachi chapter 4, and we'll give further explanation. Behold, verse 5, verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. That's the ESV. But that's all right. You're fine with the King James, New King James. So, so the New SV says, I liked it a little bit better. The New King James says, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. But I, I like the fact uh, that he says, the ESV uh, uh, translates it, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter de- destruction. And what he's saying is he, was, he is sending Elijah to, re- to restore all things because if these things aren't restored, then the justice and righteousness of God is to just destroy it. That's righteousness. We don't generally understand righteousness because we are, we're too selfish, self-centered. We're, we're, we're too short-sighted because of, of our sin nature. And so God has done something for us to, to deal with the sin nature. He has given us the life of Christ, the Spirit of God within us. And that, so you should be looking less and less like the sinner you were and more like the Savior who bought you. Yeah. Amen. So let's look at it again. Let's, look, let's continue to look at it. Matthew eleven twelve 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. And if we are are honest with ourselves, always be honest with yourself. I used to tell my children, I, I, I think they remember it. I would always say, I don't want you to ever lie. I don't want you to ever lie. But if you should lie, make sure you don't lie to yourself. And sometimes I think, we, we lie to ourselves. Help us. So, so listen, listen what's going on. But, but let me go back to that, and I'll make that point clearer in a moment. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And, and the violence, the violent, take, suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I don't think that's a, a clap your hands, shout hallelujah statement. Now, 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 listen, if I'm wrong, you just forgive me. I don't think I am, however. But if I am, you just forgive me. And I think that we are many well-meaning men of God, and then some others who weren't so well-meaning took this out of the Scripture uh, to mean that you and I should act in a stronger way when we deal with things of God and the world. It, 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 they, they've used it to say, you've got to take this thing by force. And then you're just like every other ungodly leader. You're just like anybody in the secular world. But no, no, we are not that way. We are not lion-like men and women. We're not like bulls of Bashan, wild dogs, and, 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 and uh, wolves. Those were the people at the foot of the cross, the Bible describes in Psalm 22. That's not our nature. You say, well, Jesus is a lion. No, 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 no. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah in title, in position, in office. But in character and nature, Jesus is a lamb. John saw him in heaven. 
the, 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 the angel or elder said, hey, look, you know, the lion of the tribe of Judah. But when John did this and he looked, he didn't see a lion, he saw a lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is our nature. And so all these lion-like characters, they're the one who take, the, they want to take it. And, uh, and so he says, the violent take it by force. And so what you found in, in this day of Jesus' day, it was lion-like men, not lamb-like. They had taken the kingdom. They were vicious rulers. They condemned the Son of God, the Son of God to death. They beheaded John the Baptist. I know Herod did, but Sanhedrin was complicit. They were all together. And so he says, for all the prophets, in verse 13, and the law prophesied until John. Jesus, now this is, these are the words of Jesus in verse 14. And if you are willing to receive it, if you, the people of God, not the world, the church is always seemingly these days looking at the world. Looking at the world. Well, how do I align myself with the world? I don't look at the world. I'm looking to Jesus. You need to look to Jesus. Doesn't matter what the world's doing. The, the world is passing away. Why should I look at what's passing away when I have eternal life in me? I'm looking at that which is forever. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Okay, listen, let, let me try to hurry along. So the, 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 the Sanhedrin had so, sort of disintegrated into a terrible entity. They, they were complicit with those who were trying to stop God from his purposes. And so the enemy, likewise, has come to the church to try to somehow gain some kind of supremacy or some kind of foothold in the church and get you and me, get us to think worldly, to get us to, to prize worldly things above the things of God. And this is what he does. The, the violent take it. And sometimes we hate to hear that. But he says, if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this is what he's saying. If you are willing to receive it, this is the kingdom and God will do this thing right now. If you are willing to receive John the Baptist's ministry, if you are willing to receive his message, if you are willing to, then you're going to receive me and, and Israel. All Israel is going to be saved. Everything's going to be working. That's what I believe the scriptures say. And listen, so then if since then, and if and since, this is another day that the Lord is offering us, and I believe he's offering it. I believe very strongly. I'm becoming, I'm becoming bolder and bolder and uh, saying these things. I believe he is offering us something so amazing. But just like that generation, he says, if you're willing to receive it. Are you willing to receive the fact that here's John, a, 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 the son of a priest, therefore a priest. He is baptized in Christ. He is telling them what God's plan is, and they, they kill him. Are you willing to tell the world what God's, the, firstly the church, what God's plan is? Are you willing to, to as it were, bring back that which has been lost and, and restore it and restore not only uh, the, the visible church, but to restore families. Yeah, because there's there are a lot of stinking thinking in families. That's why there's stinking thinking in what is visible here. Are you still with me? I got so quiet. Okay, so this is what's going on. And, and so um, 
the, the Jesus had told them that the kingdom would suffer, had, would suffer violence, but the violent would take it by force. I believe the Lord has called us to a time such as this time. I believe he has called us to hear the voice of God and then be the voice of one crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. Are you ready? Are you prepared to prepare the way of the Lord? It's a question. I want to, 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 to look at something in 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read a little bit of it. I'm going to skip around. Uh, Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. You and I could very well be individually somebody here, the voice of one crying in the wilderness and Elijah. Or we could be corporately that voice, Elijah, because we are now priests the God. He says he has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and defiled and does not fade away. He says that all flesh is like grass and, and like the, uh, it withers and all of flesh is like the flower. Its beauty fades. But listen what he says. You and I have, have a, an inheritance incorruptible undefiled, and does not fade away. He is making a great distinction. I believe that that must be known and that must be meted out more today than ever. This is the day in which we live. So rather than praying the will of man, let's pray the will of God. Let's recognize who we are in Jesus. And then he says that this, this beautiful inheritance is reserved in heaven for you. And Peter goes on to say, who are kept, you who are kept, you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And so what John was proclaiming was a glory that would be revealed, Isaiah saw, and this will be revealed, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And Peter says, wait a minute, this is going to be revealed in the last time. So you and I are part of this great proclamation of the coming of the Lord. When I was a boy, they talked about the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, but we have done so well, we don't talk about the coming of the Lord. You're happy with the way you live, but I'm waiting for the coming of the Lord. This is what he says, in this you greatly rejoice, are you? Though now for a little while, if indeed be, you have been grieved by various trials, but why? I, can I tell you straight up, I hate these trials sometimes. I just wish that we didn't have to go through them. But when I look at our humanity, I know we need them. They keep us close to God, calling on God. If we had everything we wanted, we wouldn't call on the Lord. Every time Israel got blessed immensely, they stopped calling on the Lord. He blessed them, gave them a wealth of nations, gave them a, a houses they didn't build, cisterns they didn't dig. He gave them wells they didn't dig. He gave them highways. And what did they do? They walked away. And so I worshiping idols, things they made with their hands. What am I saying? What am I saying? I'm saying we need these trials. But he says, being that the genuine, genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory 
what? Again, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he talked about it in, in Isaiah. He talked about it in Malachi. He's talked about it in Matthew and Luke. He is, he is saying there's coming a day when I'm going to reveal all of this. This is not going to just be by faith. You're going to see it with your eyes. And he is shouting to us. He is crying out to us that you and I need to do our job and prepare the way of the Lord. Are you preparing the way of the Lord in your house? Are you then preparing the way of the Lord in the wider house? Are you preparing the way of the Lord so that sinners will run and repent? Because when John began to cry out, wow, the, the, the prostitutes came, the tax collectors came. That was the low people of, of society. They start to run. They start to run, run to be baptized. And then old Pharisees came out and old Sadducees came out inspecting and criticizing. He says, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? I believe that is the day. It's not, it's not what... We kind of think, you know, we kind of, we look at the world. I've noticed the church looking at the world, looking at the world and trying to correct the world while our, our own house is out of order. This is what God is saying to us. Now, let me just kind of wrap up things here. Y y do you all believe me? Okay. Let me talk to you about what God has done and will be done. Uh, go to verse 22. This is such a good chapter. I want you to read it at home. It says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God, and listen, which lives and abides forever. And he juxtaposes, is that word, that big word, he juxtaposes living and abiding forever which that, with that which is corruptible and perishable and fading. And this is beautiful for us. We're called to something great. We're called to something great. And then he goes on to say, because he comes back to Isaiah. This is what Peter does. He comes back to Isaiah. He says, because all flesh is grass. So we should, we should abhor the flesh. All flesh is grass. And all the glory of man. Wow. He, so he adds a component that we didn't have before. And all the glory of man. All the stuff the world is seeking. All the world that some of our, our Christian leaders in the public sphere are seeking. They are seeking the glory of man. Yeah. I feel like the old boy that said, yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah. It's the glory of man. But listen to what he says. So, so he's not just talking about our natural man uh, now looking uglier. <laughs> but he's saying the glory of man. All the glory of man. Is like as a flower of the grass. Then he comes in with Isaiah's words. He says, the grass withers. He's saying this to you, the church, and me, the church. He says, the grass withers. He's saying, as surely uh, as the Lord lives and you're putting your faith in what is not God, it withers. And the, its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord 
endures forever. Hallelujah. So, this word of the Lord that that lives and abides forever is the gospel. The word which was preached to you, that resides in you, that has saved you. The word will always be with you. So, maybe God has chosen one of you to be that voice that cries out in this generation. And then... Maybe, generally, he has called us all and let us do the will of God Amen. in this generation. Amen. We'll be back in just a moment.